Hello there. Welcome to the Not Quarter to Three Games or Movie Podcast. It's the Make October Scare Again Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Layers of Fear. And I am Chris Hornbostel, and my game of the week is not the Sims 3 Halloween expansion. There is no such thing. Actually, is there a such thing? I don't know. There probably is, nope. right? Nope. There's nope? maybe. Okay. I, there might be like a holidays one, I think. <laughs> There's like a fall. There's like a seasons one too, right? That might be it. That might be it. Uh, that that's probably what I'm thinking of. There should be. I mean, they're sitting on a gold mine there. I don't know why they don't take advantage of <laughs> Halloween. Uh, well, now 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 they're on to Sims Four and uh, micro DLC. So they're probably there has to be. Yeah, you're, I bet you're right. Yeah, I, I've I've <laughs> yeah I haven't played a Sims game since it went to four. So I don't like I haven't seen what they're doing with that. So Hornbossel, you might be right. You might have gotten me on that one. Uh, I have no idea. So, Hornbostle, it is Halloween. We're doing Make October Scare again. We just wrapped up a week of not our favorite games, but games that we wanted to recommend, uh, that had things to recommend them. Um, is there anything we left off the list? Uh, there were a couple of games, I think, that uh, maybe didn't make the final cut. Uh, there's this little game called The Park mm-hmm. that was developed by Funcom. Mm-hmm. Which is the same. It's kind of a spin-off of their MMO, The Secret World, which both you and I like quite a bit. We've spent, uh, we've grouped yeah. in The Secret World, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of a spin-off of that. I think it uses some of the same uh, setting and just kind of tells a self-contained little adventure game. Because probably is... under about, probably under about ten hours, I guess. Probably under eight hours, maybe. Oh, that's that's almost that's full length. I mean, I get I can imagine. Some I guess people sure. Uh, there's a theme park already in Secret World. Is it just that, like, surely they didn't just take that exact same theme park and make a single player game out of it? Maybe they did. I I wish I could tell you definitively one way or the other. I have played about twenty minutes of the park, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily recognize it as being the same exact theme park right. as the one on Solomon Island in the Secret World. Right. So I don't know. Something that I kind of felt I left off, you know, you, you brought up the point that, that survival games like long, long Dark specifically, they don't need zombies in them to, to be horror. Right. Uh, the, just the act of survival. And it made me think of a, a dice-based game I really like about an ill-fated trip to Mars on a ship called, I think the ship's called Tharsis. The game is called Tharsis, and I think that's because the ship is called Tharsis, uh, which actually sounds like somebody with a lisp trying to say something, now that I think of it. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but Tharsis has uh, cannibalism in it. So I figure any game with cannibalism, <laughs> that qualifies as horror. So, so that actually means Thar- it, yeah. Yeah, Tharsis, Sunless Sea, which is Fail Better's uh, like, weird underwater journey, which, by the way, has submarine content coming up next week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, Curious Expedition. Have you played that one, Chris? Uh, I have played Curious Expedition. There, um, there is cannibalism. You can eat your. I know you, <laughs> you can eat. Can. The, you can eat the donkey. That's not cannibalism, but I'm pretty sure you can end up eating your other party members if it comes down to it. Uh, and one of the one of the expeditioners, if you call him that, is uh, Lovecraft. And there's even an achievement, nice. I believe, for finding the Necronomicon. So somewhere out in the procedurally generated worlds of Curious Expedition. I think there's a Necronomicon. Yeah. Well, cool. You know what? Should we go ahead and just reveal next week's topic is games with cannibalism in them? Exactly right. Games with cannibalism. 
Right there, we've, we've blown the entire list. That's, that's the Recording only thing. Recording free salute to eating thing, eating, eating other human beings. Right, right. Maybe we should save that for like Thanksgiving. Uh, that's more of a culinary <laughs> theme there. Uh, a game that I, I wanted to bring up, but it's an old one, but I've recently played it, and boy does it hold up. Uh, I also recently did a video series on zombie games, and one of the reasons I couldn't include this particular game is because at the time it didn't work with... Uh, I think it was a matter of NVIDIA drivers. Uh, the developer was working on another release. He was really busy with that. Once that release came out, he then went back to this and he fixed it. It works fine with NVIDIA drivers. Now, completely playable. I played it the other day. Fantastic horror game. Fantastic zombie game. Uh, Atom Zombie Smasher uh, is a, Ooh, a, yeah, yeah. a great horror game just for that sense of uh, the inevitable failure at the, the tide of zombies and trying to save people. Like, it's all about rescuing survivors out of a city and with horror, watching them being overrun and killed and oh. eaten before you can save them. Uh, and, and no graphics. That, it's all little tiny dots, but it gets the job done. Yeah, I, what I love about uh, Adam Zombie Smasher is just how, like, useless it makes you feel at times. Like, when you realize that you know, some well-laid plan to either get people out or set up some kind of, like, kill zone for all these Zeds coming through, and it just totally doesn't work. It falls apart, and they overrun you, and you're like, no, no, my guys! And that's part of, that's a huge part of zombie mythology, is the defenses will not hold. You know, the barbarians at right. the gates, and they're going to knock them down sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hornbossel, I want to ask you about one of your picks that I hated, and I love that we have different tastes. Like I, I do I, a movie podcast and it drives us batty that we all have similar tastes. We all like and dislike the same things. It's infuriating. So Hornbossel, I'm glad that you spoke approvingly of Until Dawn, a game that I loathed what little I, what, what I saw that I didn't finish it. Uh, and here's what I want to ask you about. How can you tolerate all those jump scares? The jump scares, you know what, honestly, I think what helped out with the jump scares is watching if you look on YouTube, there's a Tom Chick stream of Tom playing the first two <laughs> chapters of Until Dawn. Uh-huh. And in that in that playthrough, which was my first exposure to actually watching somebody play the game, uh, you see Tom dismissing, Oh good, deer scare. Oh good buddy scare you know really and so with those in mind when i'm playing until dawn i'm expecting the jump scares and you know i'm like okay whatever you know it they they really didn't have that effect on and they kind of just skimmed right off me and i didn't notice them as being annoying or scary just they were just kind of there. I, I, marvel, I marvel at guys like you, Hornbossel, who aren't affected by it. Like, even if I'm expecting a jump scare, it'll get me. I'm the easiest fodder for a jump scare, <laughs> even if I know. I usually am, but you know what? If I know that there's going to be one, I think, and I know that they're just going to keep coming, that I just kind of keep expecting them. And then Now, I will say this. There were a couple of times when my expectation of a jump scare actually fed into the tension when there wasn't one. Right, right. So I'll give it that, and that actually might be points in its favor, because there were a couple of times where I was like, oh, you know, this guy's going to get his head knocked off, sticking his head up, you know, up above a concrete slab to look around. 
And it, it didn't. It didn't happen, but I was expecting it to happen. It's like the trick that I think we kind of alluded to, where I, I remember Gore, uh, not Gore Vidal. Uh, yeah, Gore Vidal. Who's the director? So I'm confusing. Uh, Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. He did not. Gore Vidal. <laughs> yeah, was the was William F. Buckley's buddy. I'm. Uh, Gore Verbinski directed an adaptation of The Ring, and early on in The Ring, when the first girl gets killed, he's doing all these great tension building bits including right. one where the refrigerator opens and the girl's sitting there with the refrigerator and when she closes it you know there's supposed to be something on the other end and there's no one there uh but he yeah, clearly the refrigerator scare exactly he knows about it <laughs> he knows about it and he knows that you know about it uh yeah and i, and I think later maybe the screen movies of course played with that but I, I just vividly remember that opening scene with amber tamblin in uh verbinski's the ring uh and it made me think of that uh i want to tell you about did you play firewatch uh, I did play Firewatch. Didn't yeah. Firewatch have a badger scare near the end? Am I misremembering? Yeah. No, it, did. it It does. That that made me jump a little bit. Oh, no, raccoon. There was a badger, I think, in Until Dawn, but I think there's like a raccoon or something near the end. Oh, right. Yeah, there's like yeah. wolverines in right. Until Dawn. Yeah. Right, right. Now uh, – Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, one game that I feel earns its jump scares because they're few, they're far between, and they're at important, significant moments. Uh, there's there's a little-known, I guess you would call it an adventure game, and it's not tied together very well. All the different levels are these kind of desultory, like, here's this flavor, and here's this theme, and here's this atmosphere. Uh, but it justifies why they're all thrown together. There's a game called Soul Axiom. Uh, that I really liked, and I think I'm two levels away from finishing it. But Soul Axiom gets me with a couple of jump scares that I really feel are earned. Uh, is, is it an adventure game or an RPG? Or? It's a yeah, first-person adventure. It's not a point-and-click okay. adventure, and there's no combat really. Uh, but yeah, but I remember in Soul Axiom, that first jump scare, and, and immediately in the wake thinking, why, you jerk, I can't believe you did that. But then you know, calming down a little bit and thinking, you know, that was kind of cool. I appreciate that you got me. <laughs> and then you can sort of see that he does it in certain places for a reason. So sometimes I'm okay with jump scares, but uh, Until Dawn was just like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I finally, this is true, I finally just pretty much turned the sound all the way down and had like a, a podcast playing in the background that I was paying closer attention to <laughs> and would just look away from the screen and sort of drive the character around when I thought a jump scare was going to come. I kind of had to disengage from it. Uh, <laughs> there's a little feature on the Until Dawn, uh, like their one of their bonus features, where they explain that one of the things they did while making the game was... Right, they would, right. They, yeah. they, where they show the people in the room. Right. Yep. And they would put little biometric, which is basically a heartbeat monitor on them. They would put a little heartbeat monitor on them uh, and and then make a chart where their heartbeat spikes because they scared them. And they use that to determine, oh, let's make this scarier, which I... Ugh, that just... That made yeah, me... That- that made me want to jump scare them. Just like, how about if I <laughs> jump out of a closet and yell boo at you guys? Uh. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest with you, it's a shame that they felt like they had to put those jump scares in because I think they've got a just good enough story going on that they don't need them. Well, they're not doing anything that – that kind of horror movie doesn't do anyway. I mean, horror movies today, there are very few of them that are like, 
you know, Ty West did a movie called House of the Devil maybe five years right. ago, and it was so reminiscent of like a Polanski 70s horror movie where it's all about being creepy and unsettling rather than things jumping out of the screen at you. And, and House of the Devil was exceptional for that. Like it, it stood out. It was weird, and I imagine a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, but jump scares are a staple of modern horror. I feel it's a little bit cheap, but Until Dawn clearly is playing on modern horror. Uh, uh, uh. So uh, they're not doing anything that their inspiration isn't also doing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Go ahead. No, no, you you, you take it. I, I was gonna. Well, s- there's another game I want to mention that we didn't get to, but go ahead. You go first. Oh well, I just noticed that throughout the week, and I honestly didn't notice it until um, you know we got to the end of the week. But if you look at the games that you and I both recommended. Mm-hmm. I'm all all over like the traditional stuff. Like I've got like the Victorian graveyard game and the slasher movie game and the kids on uh, the uh, Forbidden Island game with the ghosts. And you've got all the sci-fi games. You've what? got like yeah, you've got Soma, you've got Duskers, you've got. Um, I guess Bioshock Two kind of counts. Oh, yes. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, okay, sure, sure. Uh, State of Decay, not so. Uh, Fran Bo, I guess that's my claim to yeah. doing something weird and, and different. Uh, which makes me want to ask. Uh, I found Fran Bo through a screenshot and I think a press release. Uh, and I think I mentioned this in the review. I never would have picked up Fran Bo. I never would have tried it. It just took that one little screenshot to make me think. What? What is that? Uh, and that's why I played it. <laughs> right. is I started it up, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I stuck with it. But I would normally never pick up a point-and-click adventure game. What makes you find something obscure like uh, Goedia or Cat Lady? How do you find those? How do you pick out the good stuff from the dross, the wheat from the chaff? Well, you, you end up playing a lot of crap, yeah. <laughs> basically. I mean, here's here's how I found a couple of them. Uh, the Cat Lady was kind of recommended on another website, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. And it made me want to go back and look. And I looked at a bunch of the reviews, and a lot of people really talked it up. And so I decided that would be worth my time. Now, one of the games that – and I know it's a game that you and I both really, really adore – uh, and that's uh, the last game that I covered this week, which is Oxenfree. I would not have picked up Oxenfree. And honestly, I think the screenshots of Oxenfree kind of do it a disservice. I know, I know. It, <laughs> the screenshots of Oxenfree make it look like it's a platformer, right? A platformer, or at least at least even the art style has this kind of cheerful, almost Monkey Island vibe to it. Like if you're right, if you, right. If you look at certain parts of it, like there are creepy bits of it, but you might look at it and think, oh yeah, it's just some happy teens running around doing funny right. stuff. Yeah. And but they also, if you once you start playing Action Free, the animation is actually really. I I, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And what really hooked me on Action Free actually. Um, you probably know that everybody on the forum probably knows this. I'm a big fan of the game The Witcher 3. And one of The Witcher 3 developers, post, like two of them actually, posted on their Twitter feeds uh, way back at the beginning of the summer, you know, a screenshot from Oxenfree saying, this game is amazing. Drop what you're doing and go play it. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll give it a shot. 
That was um, that was for me. It was similar as you kind of get a recommendation along those lines. For for me, I think it was in the context of a discussion about soma. Is someone said, "Oh, if you like soma, you really should try oxen free." And it was someone who, uh, you know, you, you sort of learn like, okay, which what level do you put a recommendation on? Like, you get certain friends right. who are in a bracket, who do you like trust. Exactly. Who do you right. who do you trust like at the top of the list, and who do you who do you trust like okay I'll put it on the list and maybe get around to it, and so Oxenfree was someone who I think it was like yeah I kind of trust he was like near the top of the list, and it doesn't you know it's relatively easy to boot something up and see if you like it they're not super expensive they're little ten dollar things if you get them on sale or whatever, uh, so Oxenfree was that it was just someone in the context of another discussion saying hey. If you like that, try this, uh, and that, that's a great way to discover something because you know you know nothing about it other than it reminded someone of something that you like or another project. Right. Yeah, like the guys yeah. who make The okay. Witcher, they are smart enough that if they say a game is good, they should know, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically, exactly, exactly. And the other thing that I didn't realize till I got to the end of the week is that the Cat Lady Until Dawn and and oxen free all kind of try to do the same thing, which is kind of like have branching paths and oh, right, different right. outcomes, different different endings. Mm-hmm. The cat lady's kind of effective at it, but it really only has, I think, like maybe two or three endings, mm-hmm. and they're not that different from one another. Until dawn, I think wants to do it, but you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. I felt like it kind of cheated to get to its different endings because a lot of things that you would think would be a factor aren't. Mm -hmm. So Oxenfree, I think, is the game that really does get you to those branching, divergent endings, you know, the fairest. Now, I I remember definitely a binary ending at the end of Oxenfree where the character is asked to make a choice, and it's clear – Am I going to get ending A or B? Do you know, does it branch further beyond that? Oh, yeah, yeah. There are, if you, for instance, there are two characters in Oxenfree, and this is going to be a very, very mild spoiler, and it has nothing to do with horror, but there's one character who's kind of interested in dating another character. Mm-hmm. And so one of the binary endings, and this again has nothing to do with horror is whether you know if they both survive and if they both end up uh having a relationship together a lot of that depends on choices you make very very early in the game Ah. like almost from the time they meet uh choices that you make determine whether their relationship is strong enough for them to stay together and you don't really get any stats the way you get in until dawn you just kind of have to, you know, kind of keep that in mind as you play. It's just farm. It's but, entirely organic. Like it's not. There's right. no mechanical and, system that it's telling you about. Yeah. And it does it so much better than than Until Dawn. Like when I was like when you're playing Until Dawn, you think, man, I wish there. You know, hopefully someday somebody's going to take this system and really make an adventure game that works. Right. Right. To make some of those, you know, stats worthwhile, and then you realize, oh. Oxen Free already does that. Okay, never mind. But under the hood, right, right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so you, you accuse me of uh, being partial to, to sci-fi, which makes me think that uh, there, there's a game that I didn't get far enough into to know what kind of tone it takes. But there's a, a game called Event Zero, 
uh, and if it matters to search for it, it's the n the numeral zero in brackets, and I don't know what that's supposed to signify. But it's a uh, it's a first person game, and I don't think there's any weapons. You're running around the typical uh, spaceship, and the spaceship is damaged and shut down. Uh, and you have to figure out what's going on, but your only interaction is is with a text interface, and you, you walk up to a computer and you type on your keyboard to represent your avatar typing on the computer, and you're talking to an AI. And it's it's a completely, uh, it, it's, it's dynamic, like it responds to what you say, and you just type in normal sentences, just like you're using a text parser in Zork or something, but more colloquially. Like you say, who are you? How do I open this door? What happened here? Uh, why won't you let me in here? Uh, and that the game is <laughs> built around this idea that there's an AI in here, a showdown kind of character, who's talking to you. Uh, so I didn't get far enough, I'm assuming. I mean, where else do you go with that but sci-fi yeah, horror, right? Uh, exactly. But I don't know if it if it bears out because I couldn't, you know, I didn't st – I got stuck in the lobby basically. I'm like, what? I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here, so I'm going to go play something else. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, now, mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. No, well, we're, we're going to tease briefly what we're going to do. We're, we're not tease. We're going to tell you what we're going to do next week. But yeah, are there any game stuff we should wrap up here, Hornbossel? Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, as far as the ten games that we did pick to recommend, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean we hate your favorite. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean we hate your favorite horror game. In fact, we probably love it. But if you go back through the quarter to three front page and various podcasts and game diaries, you will probably hear either Tom or myself or somebody else like uh, Jason McMaster writing or talking about some really great horror games going back, you know, five, ten years, whatever. Um, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to do, and I think, Tom, you were on board with this, was – we wanted to kind of make our recommendations for this week kind of current-gen games that have just come out in the last few years. So I just kind of wanted to drop that disclaimer in that we don't hate your favorite horror game. We just kind of wanted to update the whole, you know, horror game thing. And these, were, these also weren't even necessarily our favorites. They were just ones right, that we right. thought, hey, you know, let's let's recommend these, and they'll fall into these kind of categories. And yeah, so just so you know. So yeah, let, let's Resident do... Easy. Resident Evil doesn't need our recommendation to right. tell you to, to, <laughs> that, that it's coming out or whatever. Uh, and let's do that again next week, uh, Chris, with what is our topic going to be next week? We're not going to do... We've said we're not doing movies. We've already done games. I, Gosh, what, what can we do next week? What is there? Well, we were going to do interpretive dance, but I couldn't find it's just too there's just too much horror in interpretive dance. And my, I so, also had a problem getting my webcam to work for my own interpretive <laughs> dances. So technical right. issues prevented that one. Yeah. Right. So instead, we're going with the very controversial Tom Chick subject, and that is television. Mm -hmm. We're going with horror in television. And I'm sure uh, nobody who saw us tease these articles with a Stranger Things screenshot ever could have guessed that, that we were going to do television. <laughs> now, are right. we, we going to recommend Stranger Things? We are not going to recommend Stranger Things, mostly because if you are into horror-based television and you need us to tell you about this show called Stranger Things, I I'm not quite sure what to tell you about the cave that you've been living in. And yeah, Stranger uh, Things is such a, uh, a facet of, of a lot of dork water cooler talk, I'm assuming. Like, everybody's right. discovering Stranger Things is talking about, 
you know, I, I think most people really liked it. I had some reservations, but but I think Stranger Things is already a hot topic of conversation. There's all kinds of right. stuff on my Google news feed too about like the sequel and uh, and yeah. like interviews with the kids right. and all that. And that's all great, and you know, more power to them. But you really don't need quarter to three to tell you about Stranger Things. Yeah, we're gonna poke around in some. Not necessarily obscure, but slightly more obscure corners. See what we can dig out. See what things we can recommend. Uh, Chris, I've been watching a lot of TV this past week. Like, way more TV than I would normally watch uh, as research. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry because I'm enjoying it. It's, uh... <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I was going to have to twist your arm to do a television topic. So I'm glad uh, we're going to be able to get uh, get through a week of uh, 10 scary television recommendations yeah so join us for that on on the front page throughout next week uh and then come on back next friday we'll debrief briefly uh and then we'll tell you what we're doing the week after which i'm sure you can't guess either